get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Alex Ferrario as we prepare for game number five for the Blues and Avalanche this evening. Blues down 3-1 in this series, and I'm excited to go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line now and welcome in former St. Louis Blues captain, longtime NHL forward David Backus to give us a little perspective into this playoff series and really just the playoffs and the circumstance in general. But first things first, David, how are you, sir? Thank you so much for taking some time and joining us today. I'm doing all right. I appreciate you having me on. And, uh, yeah, look forward to talking about this series and how the Blues got to find a way to, to get back uh, control of this thing because it's it's slipping out of their fingers as, we're, as we speak. Yeah, David, give us a little perspective into that, just in, inside a locker room to where, you know, there's – there's a lot of noise surrounding one team like the Avalanche for how good that they are going into this series. And the Blues just get away from their game in a couple of in games three and games four. And when your backs are against the wall like this, does does something change in a locker room if you're St. Louis? Well, the the overall feeling with Colorado being so talked about, I think, is a situation that the Blues have really thrived in over the years. I mean, it's it's how they approached every series in 2019 and that worked out pretty well for them. So uh, I don't think that's an issue. What, what I do think is an issue is obviously game three, uh, Bennington gets run into and you lose your, your guy who's found his groove again, that carried you to a cup a couple of years ago. And now not that Billy Huso is any less capable, but when it almost feels like you've had a, you know, a wrong done to you and no penalty. And so you, you leave it in the hands of supplemental discipline and supplemental discipline does nothing with it to a guy that's a serial offender. And especially in the playoffs in the last four or five years, he's been suspended seemingly every year, including last year against Justin Falk. So uh, I think the blues kind of are, you know, with a coach like Craig Berube and then Steve Ott at the right hand, you go, those guys know how to right or wrong if it's left into their hands, which it's not supposed to be anymore. You're supposed to rely on supplemental discipline. So to me, I think there's a little bit of just kind of all the blues thinking that their hands are tied. So when the score gets a little out of hand in game four, you know, even a guy like David Perron to go off, off script, maybe to, to seek some retribution. You know, I don't, I don't hate the passion that he's showing, but I do think it was, uh, you 
symptomatic symptom of of no justice the way that justice was supposed to be served for a play like that in my opinion so it get, gets the blues a little off their game um you know by the time they get back to playing and and realizing that they can play with this colorado team uh you know the the hole's just a little too deep to dig out so for me i think if if in game five they can just say we'll, we'll deal with with Nazem Kadri next season, whenever, and and I'll take a quick moment to just say the personal attacks and the the way that this has gotten you know into family and and outside of the hockey rink to me is is unacceptable. And from a you know a, a guy who loves the St. Louis Blues organization, the town, you know those fans give give everyone a, a black eye. So I think if if we can rein those people in and, and show that that's unacceptable and will not be tolerated, first and foremost, that needs to be addressed. But there's a way to address this and in, in the normal scope of the hockey world. Um, but what's first and foremost is the Blues need to win a game five, and they're not going to do that by getting a, a you know pound of flesh from the opening draw, and I think they proved that to themselves, unfortunately, in Game 4. David, one thing that's really surprised us is the lack of the secondary scoring in this series. It's been almost exclusively the Perron and O'Reilly line that has been generating offense for the Blues, and that's that's kind of the, the main piece that they're looking for is who else can contribute offensively. What have you seen from that when you've been watching this series, the lack of the secondary scoring for the Blues? How do they get that going again? Well, I can't say you didn't see that problem in the first round until, you know, Vladimir Tarasenko decided that he was going to take over a game and get a hat trick and kind of carry the team to victory. And and that's when I said the Wild are in trouble is when when Vlad said, I'm in and I'm, I'm taking over. Now it's not the David Perron or Ryan O'Reilly show, which are very capable, you know, contributors. Um, but Buchnevich and and Tarasenko and Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo, like those guys need to contribute. And, you know, Tarasenko is a proven playoff performer, no question about it. Buchnevich is a guy that can do it. He's got to prove it in the playoffs, no question. Um, you know, the kids are sexy in the regular season, but when there's less room in the playoffs, it's time to get dirty and score some goals that maybe the puck doesn't go between your legs before it goes in the net, at least in my opinion. And maybe there is some more secondary scoring in those regards. Uh, you know, the other thing a little perplexing to me is having Braden Shen on the fourth line. I don't know if he's banged up or what, but uh, to me, he's a, he's a key cog in that wheel for the blues that he's, he's physical as all get out, but he also is a great player. And if he can, you know, have that physicality and maybe even a little less of it um, because I think maybe game one, you want to come out and hit everything that's moving. Game two, it's time to, you know, make sure you have more goals than the other team at the end of the night. So uh, to me, I don't know, if, again, if he's banged up, but he's a guy that can drive a line and that can inspire his teammates and, and push guys further than they think they can go themselves. And, um you know, and then there's always the back end. Like when you've got Nick Letty and hopefully Tory Krug can 
pop his head in this series. Uh, maybe it happens tonight. Who knows? Um, but those guys, Colton Pareko, like if he can just let that bomb go, they Colorado might be out of players pretty soon because blocking that shot likely means an x-ray after you're done. <laughs> it does. I think there was a couple of guys that got in front of that, Bacchus, and I think they... One uh, left the last yeah, game. Yeah, I was saying one left the game. Cogliano, I think it was, so they know the uh, the retribution of getting in front of that. Uh, again, we're talking with f- uh, former St. Louis Blues captain David Bacchus here on BK and Ferrario, and we appreciate him joining us today. Uh, David, I know I'm asking you to go back in the vault a little bit here, but you mentioned the kids. Back in when you were 24-25, I think that was the first postseason that you were a part of with the St. Louis Blues, and you had guys like Barrett Jackman and Keith Kachuk and Andy McDonald on your team. What did they tell a young David Backus that maybe some of the guys are telling a young Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo right now? Oh, that is back in the vault 12 years. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, if, if my vault is uh, still organized appropriately, uh, that year we, I mean, we had to battle to get into the playoffs. And when we got in, we played Vancouver and not not that anyone's just happy to get there, but it was like, okay, we made progress this year. And then Roberto Luongo was incredible in that series. And I, I think what that series taught me, you know, first of all, is that goaltending is critically important in the postseason, but also the way that the Vancouver players, like even guys that our guys knew on Vancouver and, and vice versa, it was cutthroat like we were worst enemies from the get-go not that you have to be friends but to think of some of the stuff they're saying and all the jabs are like it's it means everything when you get in the playoffs and and those lessons were learned even though it was four quick games we got swept um those were lessons i learned i guess from being in the series from from teammates it was more of the lesson of now everything matters more. Everything's under a microscope. Every little play, every missed back check, every puck that doesn't get out or doesn't get in uh, can be the difference in these games. And there was a lot of one-goal games in that series, but uh, it was one heck of a learning lesson on the fly for us. And, uh, yeah, I think it, it helped me to grow as a as a hockey player, certainly in the years to come after that, but also gave us a little bit of a taste of, okay, we're able to get in. Now how are we measuring against the best teams and a four nothing sweep obviously sent us right back to the gym to, to get better for the next year. You also had some young guys, David, on that team like Perron and Steen and Oshie who have gone on to become incredible playoff performers later on in their careers. We've seen some struggles, as you mentioned, from Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo, both of whom had incredible regular seasons. What have you seen that's different for them from what they were able to do in the regular season to what's led to some of these struggles for them to to generate offense in the playoffs? Well, I don't know if it's anything different that they're doing. I think it, when you get into the playoffs, like those two guys are skill off the charts. Like I couldn't even dream of having a quarter of the skill that they do. <laughs> but the problem is when you get in the playoffs is that you don't have the time and space because there's not that low at whatever the four minute mark of the second period of game 63 and guys, you know, it's like every shift, everyone's intense and on it. There's no time and space. And if you get that one little sliver of room, you got to make the most of it. It's not, I'll get them the next shift. 
And so to me, it's, it's more of a symptom of the way that the game changes when you get to playoffs. And I would say that even, and maybe this is making me sound a little crusty is that the way that the playoffs are played all looks more the way that regular season games used to be played and regular season and playoffs, the way it used to be played was an absolute gladiator match. And it was like, who's going to have five bodies standing at the, at the end. Like when we played LA in the first round, it was, it was gnarly to see the carnage after the game and go into the training room. And it was like, we need an ice maker. That's, got more capacity because <laughs> we're running out of bags. Like, and, and I think people love that. That's why I think playoff hockey's always been the big draw is that it is ruthless. And um, so back to those two kids, I think it's more of just that mindset and they've got the right guys to teach them. And I'm sure they've got, you know, all the veterans telling them. And now it's just kind of, and, and you know, Robert Thomas won a cup. So it's not like he doesn't know, but, is he willing to be that every shift guy that's in the dirty areas? And then when the puck shows itself to him, he's able to, you know, use that elite skill. You know, Jordan Cairo is elite skill, but is he willing to, you know, block the shots to get the pucks out, get the pucks in, and then see that moment where he can use his speed, use his skill and, and score that highlight goal. Like to me, that's the mentality they need to have, uh, and, and it'll prove them well. Uh, from that group of guys that you mentioned, to me, the one that sticks out is David Perron, of a guy that, you know, in that year, in his first years in St. Louis, he was really on a learning curve and fighting the establishment on how he needed to play. And whether he'll admit this before he's done playing or he'll have to wait till after is that um, he was wrong. And it took him a trade you know, from St. Louis to Edmonton to to realize like, whoa, what I had in St. Louis of guys wanting to hold me accountable, to be defensively responsible, to take care of the puck and not just do this crazy play every time I've got it. That was a good thing because these guys don't care about anything other than their, you know, points and what they can do for themselves here in Edmonton. And there was a couple more stops along the way, I think, he learned a lot of lessons through, you know, whether it was Pittsburgh or, you know, a couple other stops back to St. Louis, to Vegas, to reach to a Stanley Cup final, and then, you know, back to St. Louis, where then all of that knowledge for David Perron has made him into the player that he is today. Always, again, elite skill, where I've had more teammates ask me about David Perron and what kind of a guy he is, and they just hate him so much. And, <laughs> and I don't blame him. Like, he's that kind of, he's got that face you kind of want to punch. And then he's out there, he never lets the puck go. And then he's got a couple points by the end of the night. And you're like, how the heck do we let that guy do that to us tonight? And he does it all the time. So to me, he's figured it out and he's got a lot of knowledge he can impart onto those other guys. And, you know, with a, a line mate like Ryan O'Reilly, those two are a dynamic duel, and they need a few more uh, bodies on board the bus to, you know, get a, a game five under their belt to bring us back to to St. Louis to, you know, then force a game seven. But if anyone can do it, it's this team, and they got to be focused and and again get their heads on right. That the Kadri thing, you want know, they had their moment, and I think it it did cost them in game four. Let's get focused. We can play with this team. And if we just focus on our game at hand, 
uh, you know, we'll put, take it one shift, one period, one game at a time, and we'll let the chips lay where they will. And, you know, Craig Boovey and, and Steve Ott and maybe even Doug Armstrong to have that, that hammer on the roster because when you leave things up to supplemental discipline, sometimes they get it right. And it's not, an, it's not a perfect science. It's not a, a job that I would ever want because there's no two situations that are the same. But when your starting goalie who's been lights out for you is making a difference in a series, um, gets taken out by a player that's got a, you know, eight suspensions on his career, most in the postseason in the last couple of years, one against this team last year, to me where there's smoke, there's fire. And, and I think that there should have been probably a, some action taken, but now it's probably in somebody's hands and they'll have to address that when they can address it. That's well said, David, man, I can't tell you how much we appreciate you hopping on with us today, man. All the best to you and the family and to athletes for animals. I know that great organization is still uh, kicking some, uh, some rear ends with that stuff and saving some animals lives. So once again, thank you so much, buddy. And I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thanks for having me on. Uh, let's get a blues win tonight and uh, get another game in St. Louis and get that enterprise center uh, all rallied up.